little bit, Dom. With me for episode 190 of Pixels is Dom. Hello, everyone. My nickname is Tomaldo. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. And um, we have a newcomer here. Welcome to the show, uh, Raging Pony. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll get into that little little joke in a bit, but uh, how, how are you guys doing? I am doing fine and dandy. How about you? I am doing all right. Just fine and dandy. Yep. Well, cool. Well, I guess... I guess with that being said, we'll go ahead and hop into the news. But let me find that lovable sound effect we all know. Where is it? There it is. All right, got, uh, excuse me, some stuff to talk about for this week. Uh, Pokemon Go department, uh, we are celebrating. We just started it today as of recording. Um, the sixth anniversary event will be ending on the 12th. So if you guys are listening to this, as this episode goes live on Monday, you have until tomorrow. Um, and it is a very special event celebrating the 6th anniversary of Pokemon Go. We have the Kanto spawn or the Kanto starter spawns. Um, we get the return of Party Hat Charmander. And through this event, it is brand new. We now uh, have the ability to allow our uh, Party Hat Charmander to evolve all the way up to Party Hat Charizard. So, imagine Honk. Who hot? Hey, what's up, Angel? Pokemon go to the polls. That joke's not going to die. But yeah, um, and obviously the new shiny debuts is going to be, you know, Party Hat Charmeleon with Charizard. Uh, we have a new hat, Pikachu, and it is a. It, it, it looks like a birthday cake hat on top of the Pikachu. Uh, the other noteworthy thing in this event, uh, we have Panseer that makes its, uh, I'm not going to say debut, because you, normally you can only find the Panseer Pokemon exclusive to Europe and Africa, but because of the efforts from uh, GoFest uh, Berlin, uh, the Ultra Unlock includes Panseer and its shiny form into the wild and raids and we have some event exclusive field research as well we have timed research at the same time you know and it'll give you a pikachu encounter charmander panseer a gibble a snorlax uh the noteworthy thing at the very end of this however is a rotom wash encounter and the last time bless you the last time Rotom Wash was available was Go Fest of 2021. So it is very, very much worthwhile to do uh, the timed research. It doesn't look too difficult. It's um, six stages, and it looks like, you know, give your buddy a treat, make X amount of throws, capture different type of Pokemon. Uh, looks like walk two kilometers, battle in two raids, 
transfer yeah it's super super simple research we also have new avatar pieces so you know you can dress up your avatar in a fancy white suit if that uh tickles your your fancy make your guy look guy or girl look uh look fancy fancy, uh, fancy. in indie pokemon masters ex uh spear I found I found this announcement to be really interesting. Um, the event starts tomorrow, and it is called the Classic Thunderbolt, and is a tie-in to the anime's Pokemon World Coronation series, with Ash being transported to Passio while training for the Masters Eight tournament. So we will have Ash in Pokemon Masters EX, Ooh. and of course he's obviously paired with. Um, Bidoof. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's Ash. I don't know. <laughs> oh, who honked? I have to, I have to go back to it. it. Hey. Uh, hey, what's up, Sam? Hi, Sam! You beautiful soul. But, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't think Ash is going to be, like, a sync pair that you can oh. obtain. Oh, and we have Cypher. What's up, Cypher? So yeah, I don't think I don't think Ash is going to be like a recruitable sync pair, but the idea of Ash being in the game super interesting. That, you have those theories about the coma. Dude, don't get me started. Don't mm. don't even. Mm. Don behave. I'll leave it <laughs> And then uh, one last bit of uh, Pokemon Go news. For those of you who have older phones, uh, following the recent announcement, they're going to be stopping support of devices on Android operating system of 6 and below. Uh, Niantic has also confirmed that with the next update of Pokemon Go, players on iOS 13 devices will be able to play the game. Or will be unable to play the game. So if you have an older phone, update if you can. If not, that kind of that kind of spells it out for you. But uh, that's all I got. DJ. Uh, so we'll start with the Dokkan news. As of today, during this live stream, the seventh anniversary on Global has begun. Huzzah. Watch the pretty opening animation as you gear up and start collecting 7th Anniversary coins, special tickets, new missions, all available in order to get 7th Anniversary prizes. The banner units for the LRs have yet to go live, but the events are going live currently. We have the login bonus of the Spirited Challenge, Goku and Vegeta, as well as the events that give you the promising 16-year-old Gohan teen, long-awaited reunion Chi-Chi, and limited English Vegeta, which all have awakenings at some point during the anniversary. Collect them as you need to, as well as other special events that give out uh, that give out uh, upgrade orbs for your characters. Uh, also, we just finished out the World Tournament, so that was and a half just to get the Gohan team from the end of Dragon Ball 
Uh, the world tournament sucks. Yeah, I mean, there there was just some super simple uh, story plot points that would just completely be eliminated if you know people would use fucking common sense. But that's that's just me. Uh, yes, the seventh anniversary is live. Read all the news as you can. There is plenty to do, plenty to use. Get your stones ready. Do not summon on the 300-unit banner thing, whatever nope. it is. Do not use those 300 stones until after you've gotten your banner units, even if it does promise you an LR with 77 units. Just wait until the tickets, but you'll get all of them by the end of Part 3. Just I as remember, last year when we had the 66-unit summon. I was about to say, I remember last year's 66-unit summon and the, quote, guaranteed LRs that you get out of it. They were all dupes for me. Well, they can be any LRs currently around. Which is brutal. Except for the Prime Battle LRs, right? Yeah, except for the Prime Battles. It's all the all the gold coin LRs that are out there. Gotcha. Specifically the gold coins, as far as I'm aware. Such as the uh, Goku and Hit, or the Gohan and Krillin, or the Vegeta and the Vegeta that changes into Goku. All those ones. Do not use your 300 stones. Wait. If you have the 300 spare stones, go ahead if you need LRs. But if you have that many stones saved up, I don't know if you need the LRs. Save them and wait for Super Saiyan 4. <laughs> yes, hopefully those should be live Friday morning, sometime in the early mornings. Usually it's like midnight when it hits in California. But uh, on the JP side, we do have the EZAs confirmed to be releasing as the Tech Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Vegito and the Super Saiyan Rose Goku Black, the STR one, are both getting EZAs, as nice. well as the LR Trunks and Trunks and My card are also getting an uh, as EZA. Ooh. And the Strike Unit King Vegeta is getting an Awakening and an EZA just as the other strike units have. We're currently still awaiting to see what more will come out of JB, JP's Tanabata celebration. A lot of people are right now thinking it might be an LR uh, merged to Masu, but we'll have to wait and see. People are still waiting also for that EZA of the LR Tech Goku Black in Zamasu. Still has not happened yet, surprisingly. I would like to add super quick since we're just talking about Dragon Ball right now it has been you have no idea how hard it has been to stay spoil free right like honestly I even see like just the 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 artwork of it and I immediately Mm -hmm. skip it it's it's hard man I've been spoiled of what's to come but I've been trying to keep as clean as possible from all that's there because it's mainly just the ending that I've been spoiled on, so. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you not. I mean, that's basically what happened with Gogeta's with the Broly movie too. The man was so hype, the creators were forced to make him canon. <laughs> Wait, which, uh, which we're guys? only a month out from that movie. That's like August nineteenth, I believe. Hopefully, the tickets go li- go live here soon. Right. So, speaking of which, you guys. You know, power of the internet. We have now, through years of bitching, and, you know, I'll admit, it, it's been bitching. Like, 
There's no sugarcoating it. We bitched to make Gogeta cannon. So, you guys, this is this is what I need. I'm calling upon every little gremlin of the internet to gather up your bitching pitchforks. Make Super Saiyan motherfucking four cannon. Ooh. Do it. That'd be cool. But that is it for Dokkan. Just do your missions. Do your Follow the news on the Dokkan game itself. It'll tell you everything you need to do. There's plenty to do at the moment. You have so many things open. All the EZAs are back. If you want to grind up uh, for those, you have all the hidden potential ones being open every single day. And it, it'll give you plenty to do. But on the actual news side, this is coming from PC Gamer talking about Ubisoft. By Ted Litchfield, Ubisoft to pull online from older games, which also takes away your DLC. Wait, what? Assassin's Creed 2, Far Cry 3, and the most recent Prince of Persia game are all having their online features decommissioned. What the fuck? Uh Ubisoft has announced effective September 1st, 2022, it will be decommissioning the online features of a selection of older games. Below, the author has compiled a list of the PC games affected, the release dates, and what features will be removed. Anno 2070 from 2011, Assassin's Creed 2 from 2009, Assassin's Creed 3 from 2012, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, Driver San Francisco, Far Cry 3, Pin Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, Silent Hunter 5, Space Junkies, Splinter and Splinter Cell Blacklist. Assassin's Creed games also lose access to all to all multiplayer DLC. Ubisoft <sighs> states that the closing of closing the online services for some older games allows us to focus our resources on delivering great experiences for players who are playing newer or more popular titles. I'm certainly sympathetic to that argument. I doubt there's a ton of gamers out there still playing Splinter Cell Blacklist Online Multiplayer. Additionally, the remastered versions of listed games will be retaining online features. However, cutting off DLC and in one case an entire game is troubling. Space Junkies, the multiplayer VR shooter, cost $40 at release and remains available for sale on Steam with no notice that it will be rendered unplayable in two months. If oh. NFTs haven't been thoroughly debunked enough already, seeing Ubisoft completely end these services makes the company's course NFT initiative even more absurd. What happens to the blockchain-backed investment once the game it's attached to shuts down and the crypto booster pipe dream of a single NFT being used across multiple games never materialize? This mass decommissioning also demonstrates the preservation issues inherent to walled garden online services. You can still enjoy online games significantly older than the ones listed thanks to their support for private servers. It's worth remembering that every live service game will one day stop getting official support and eventually shut down. Jinji knows that all too well. Overwatch, Destiny, Bruh. Ubisoft's own Rainbow Six Siege. There will come a point, maybe years, maybe decades down the line, when their servers are switched off and you won't be able to come back. Which, again, I will go back to the point that I have made so many times. If it is possible... Why, for the love of God, can't we make these games playable offline, including all of the fucking DLC? Because then you're not playing the new games. Yeah. I mean, to, to a point, I can understand that, but... Fuck, man. You pour time and effort into games, and... 
at the end, you know, they shut everything down. What do you fucking get for it? Like Brave Frontier, for example. I played that shit for God knows how long now. Server's, server shut down in May. What what do I have for it? And, and the memories. That's all that remains. Pretty much. And, and YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. Lots of those. Until they get, like, bonitized or some shit. Woo! Also, for those of you who play uh, Dragon Ball Legends, story updates here. Now, go. <laughs> anyway, DJ, please continue. That's it for that art. That's it? That's all there is to it. Ubisoft is just doing a Ubisoft and making their NFTs seem even more useless. I, I As we have still... said many times on this podcast, frick NFTs. Frick, frick, frick them straight to hell. These are so, worth so, NF- so they're they're pictures that are worth money is my the quick assumption. They're assumption pictures of. that are assumed to be worth money until the people that pay money for them stop paying them money. Ah, they only have money because people think they have value. They fucking don't. They're pictures. It's like look. Have you ever are either of you familiar with Warhammer 40k? Yes. All right. The NFT powers is uh, NFT are powered by what? All right. It is the imagination of the people. They are worth as much as people are willing to make them be worth something. That's how the orcs thing. That's how the orcs work, isn't it? That's how the orcs work, isn't it? Like if you paint, if if they paint flames on a ship because they believe it makes it faster, it goes faster. Exactly. That's literally NFTs. NFTs. People pay pay a lot of money for NFTs there because they think they're more expensive, but they become more expensive. See, this isn't the proof of religion we needed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you. So is that what we need to do? Is make an N- N- NFT of the fucking Pixels logo. I will punch you. <laughs> Do not. I will quit on the fucking spot. Do not. Uh, I'm kidding. Anyway, Dom, do you have any news for us? I have two. Uh, does anybody here want to cover the news of God of War Ragnarok? I didn't consider it news enough, so I didn't bother. Alright. Well, Excuse I'll, me, bitch. I'll bother with it for Jinji's sake. Because Thank DJ you, Dom. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is coming in November, says Andy Chalk uh, from PC Gamer. Uh, the long-awaited release date is finally official, but only for PlayStation. God of War Ragnarok, one of the most anticipated games of the year, finally has a release date. And despite some worries among the fans, it will be out this year. Sony announced with a brief trailer that its next big father and son adventure will be out November 9th. The week leading up to the release date has been unfortunately ugly for the stupidest possible for the stupidest possible reasons. Earlier in June, a rumor surfaced that God of War Ragnarok release would be revealed on June 30th. But on June 29th, creative director Corey Barlog effectively shut down that rumor, asking fans to be patient and promising to share more information at the earliest possible moment. 
Gilza said in very clear terms that the game was not going to be delayed. That wasn't good enough for angry gamers, many of whom reacted poorly to the absence of information they felt entitled to. The situation got bad enough that Ragnarok Studios' Sony Manta Monica issued a statement on July 1st asking followers to stop being so awful. Quote, Our fans inspire us, and we understand the passion and desire for more information, the studio wrote. Quote, that, that passion should not be toxic, nor come at the expense of any human being's dignity. Let's celebrate our community by treating each other, every gamer and developer alike, with respect. End quote. Barlog had some thoughts of his own about toxic fans. At one point, he had to ask people to stop sending dick pics to his co-workers. But with the release date now official, he seems a little more upbeat about things. Sadly, the release date announcement does not contain any signs that it applies to PC as well as PlayStation platforms. Sony has become far more open to releasing its big exclusives on PC in recent years, and the original God of War is now available and doing extremely well for itself on Steam. But Sony has also stated unambiguously that it remains committed to its own consoles, first and foremost, and that simultaneous launches on PlayStation and PC aren't likely to happen, especially for big games like Ragnarok. Given all that, I think it's likely that we will have a long wait ahead before we see God of Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok come our way. Time to get it. In various, uh, Tony also revealed the various God of War Ragnarok editions, a couple of which include, among other things, a pretty beefy-looking replica of Thor's legendary hammer Mjolnir. Pre-orders open on July 15th. Do we know how much this collector's edition is going to be? Uh, DJ. I would have to look it up. Alright. I personally have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Sam, I'm sorry about that. There's nothing I can really, really do about that. You are now honored to be accommodated for us. I know I gotta figure out a better fucking mic situation, but do you have any other any other news, Dom? I had, and then I closed them. Sorry, one second. You're good. Uh, let's see if I can find it. There we go. Something a bit uh, more light-hearted. Nah, it's too long. Nah, never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> Way too long. I thought it was small, but it wasn't. Hmm. All right, well, we'll go ahead and uh, cut it here and go into the next segment. We'll be right back, assuming I, I can find the transition bit where... Where the fuck is it? Search your feelings. Search your feelings. Oh, here it is. Thank you. Okay, cool. Welcome back, you guys. Uh, DJ, we'll start with you. What games have you been playing? Oh, of course, I've been playing Dokkan as normal, and I'm currently playing Dokkan while we do this. But mostly, we have continued on with our Kingdom Hearts retrospective on stream, finishing up Dream Drop Distance, and as of today, we are now in Kingdom Hearts 3. 
So that's that's exciting. Getting into the what I consider to be the best, second best game in the franchise. It's the most most user friendly. Even though I like two's story a lot better, three is still a lot of fun. Hmm. Bizarre. So you're gonna. I haven't played anything else. Is the 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 pirate's blade? Because I'm gonna bring that up again. Is that I can't remember. Is that magic based or is it physical? I think it's physical. Let me. Uh, I'll look that up super quick. You are supposed to be swinging around a giant flag. Is the pirates played in Kingdom Hearts 3 canon? <laughs> that is not the fucking response I needed. Well, no shit, the ultimate blade is as strong as that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, let's see. Christmas Cow, Happy Gear, Grand Chef, Nano Gear. Is that Wheel of Fate? Yes, it is. Oh, it is strength. It's a it's a strength Keyblade. Damn, and you said you were going uh, pure magical for I'm this run? Oh, okay. Yep, so most likely I'll be relying heavily on the Rapunzel Blade. Cool. So, uh, Dom, what games have uh, you been playing? I've been grinding the ever-loving fuck out of Skywalker Saga, Lego Story, Star Wars. I've, I've, I've been playing it. I, like, I basically just copied what DJ was saying. I've been playing it. I've been, like, uh, I'm still playing it. I'm still doing it. It's just, just that all day, all night. Uh, well... And because of my job, and because I've just recently started it, I don't have a lot of free time because I depend a lot on other people to tell me what to do, and they just don't have the time for you to tell me what to do. So, in the meantime, I've been playing some LEGO, LEGO Skywalker, and also a new game that I recently purchased within the Steam sale called Dust. It is, it is, it is like a breed between a uh, classic Doom and uh and just you know fucking uh what you call it like cultist uh satan uh killing uh i don't know like like super super retro uh games about that about all of that like just killing demons killing cultists killing all that stuff not definitely not not like space stuff but more like uh uh more like farms psycho killers and all that shit i love it Cool. Those are the two games that I've been playing. What about you, Gingy? How was well, the Papa been playing? Oh, well, um, you know, I've been playing uh, Mirrorverse. Uh, I've been playing uh, my usual Pogo. Nothing noteworthy. Um, oh, you know what? Yes, I did catch a uh, shiny Articuno because that is in five star raids right now. Bizarre. Which is, which is nice because you know the. OCD part of me. I now have all of the birds shiny because I caught a shiny Zapdos before and then I caught a shiny Moltres and now I have Articuno. So shiny burbs galore. Exactly. Nice. Um, and then of course, you know, dealing with the uh, 
with the uh, crotch goblin and him trying. <laughs> he, he, he's been asking me almost daily at this point, uh, Dad, can you trade me that Shadow Mewtwo of yours? Oh, God. No, no, I, I, I love you, bud. Or he'll ask me, Dad, can you trade me a Mew? I'm like, no, I, I, I can't. Can't no. trade a mythical Pokemon, but also you will get your own Mew if you play the game. <laughs> Oh my god. Dad, can you trick the you? Jesus Christ. Uh, I just I can just imagine from someone like that actually like loves playing these games is like, no, mm -mm, nah, I I, I I I care more about this than you did. <laughs> oh, no, I mean guy. I've been trading him you know, some really strong Pokemon like Tyranitars, Electivires, like a lot of strong stuff that I have multiples of. I have absolutely no problems trading them away. Especially the one, I traded away a couple of Pokemon to him that I raised and trained up specifically for PvP. You know, uh, getting their CP, CP up a bit, uh, and then, you know, teaching them the second charged move. Oh, nice. Excuse me. And yeah, he's been asking for those. I I have absolutely no problem, but you can literally can't trade that one, the one that he wants. Right, you literally can't because it's a mythical. And even then, you know, you get a Mew. You just have to do the quest line for it. Now, does he understand the, the that? Whole, yeah, I, I I explained it more to him. I think he did, but you know who who knows if he really has um and then he just he unfortunately saw my shiny mew he's like dad can you trade that like, uh no no i only got one shiny mew you only get that one through the masterwork research and i don't think you can get that research line anymore right now uh let me I'm going to look it up on Google real quick to see if you... Ouch, you cannot. The only way you can get the, the research line to get Shiny Mew uh, is called All-in-One Number 151 Master Research is the quest line that unlocks the uh, supremely rare, is the wording they're using for this, for Shiny Mew in Pokemon Go. This master research is exclusively available to Kanto Tour ticket holders who completed the special research during the limited time event. So if you did not do that specific thing, you will not be able to get it. Unless if they change it later on, because you, you, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Who the fuck knows? If they do it, it'll be after it becomes irrelevant. Right. So, yeah, exactly, Cypher. Uh, if you did not get it, then rip. And that's uh, major bragging points for anyone who has a shiny Mew at this point. <laughs> I may or may not have my shiny Mew as a best buddy, but... <laughs> anyway, though, um, I've also played Jurassic World Live. You know, it's raising up some dinos. It's just, it, it gets it gets super expensive to level up uh, the dinosaurs once you get them up to, you know, like the, the higher levels. Um, my best dino is, you know, it's called a Thoradolosaur, and 
It's a legit, legit dino. And it now cost me, at this point, to level him up again, 80,000 80, gold. It's, it's insane. And if it says to a degree on how long that will take, if I spin like a, a supply drop, which is like a focus stop, if I spin that and I'm standing right next to it, I may get 500 coins, maybe. So to get to 80,000, it's going to be hard. But uh, the new pass also came out early this morning as well. So I've been uh, doing that. I'm already halfway halfway done with this new pass already because I was stockpiling on uh, finished quest. And, you know, I didn't turn it in at all. And so I saved the quest and then cashed in, you know, like the, the pass points or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've also done a little bit of Dokkan, like DJ. Uh, nothing, nothing to note in there. Uh, oh, you know what? I can say I have started playing. Because I don't know if I made a comment, but I recently got an Xbox again. You know, from GameStop Pro Day, and then I used some of my points and. I saved a lot of money. I've been playing Ghost Recon Wildlands again. Neat. Which, um, DJ, I, I want to say, um, if it's crossplay, probably not. But if you get it for Steam, would you be interested in playing Wildlands on, on Twitch? And if that's the case, I would love to play with you. I mean, I don't think I would make it a stream thing. Um, but if you're playing it on Xbox, why wouldn't I just get it on Xbox? 100% uh, do it. Because, I mean, the, the game... The game Series is Series X and Xbox One all share the same multiplayer. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, if you want to get it for Xbox, man, I'd, I'd be down to play that with you. I mean, heck, it could be even on Game Pass. I don't have to pay anything. Uh, let me find that out for you. Um, but before we move into the title, I did have I did find some news updates on the Ragnarok stuff, which lessens it. Wait, what? Uh, there is the Collector's Edition and the Jotnar Edition. The Jotnar being like the super duper mega pack, but both of them have a downside. What's that? There's no disc. Wait, what? Both of them come with download codes for the game. And a Steelbook display case with no game disc. Why? You only get the game disc if you buy the standard editions. Dude, that's fucking dumb. It says, printed voucher code for the full God of War Ragnarok game for PS4 and PS5 consoles. And a Steelbook display case, no game disc included. That's bullshit. Nope. No pricings are available, but if you want the collector's edition, if you want these uber collector's editions, be prepared that if you want the steelbook to mean anything, you're going to have to spend an extra 60, 70 bucks to get the actual game on disc. That hurts. That, that, that makes me a little upset. Uh, you know what? It's nothing... 
nothing really to complain about. I mean, or, you know, not to complain about, but I'm not going to nitpick because I'm lucky enough that it's coming to PS4. It does, well, it does show the PS4 gets something special. What does the PS4 get that the PS5 doesn't? A theme. Oh, hell yeah. Because you can't have themes. The PS5 currently does not have themes. Which, and, and then that brings up a whole nother worm. It's like, why can't we have themes for our consoles? 3DS did it perfectly. Why, why can't we have that for, like, our Xboxes, our fucking PlayStations, our Switches? I don't know, man. Uh, trying to think what else. Oh, um, I have made uh, some more progress on that uh, RPG game of mine. So, cool. uh... Currently, as far as that goes, just to give everyone a update, um, I figured out a quest system. It's very minimal, but it works, and I kind of like it. Um, so now I'm just making weapons, making monsters, that kind of thing. Uh, and then as soon as I do that, that's when I'll start fluffing out, you know, like the quest line itself for the story and all that. But before I get to that part, pretty much as soon as I feel like once I have enough of, you know, you know, like weapons and monsters and armors and that kind of thing, once I feel like I have enough of that, I can confidently say I'm going to open the game up for uh, beta testing. So I will be making announcements on my Twitter account for when that happens. And I, I, I will obviously announce it here as well. No, you don't have to pay anything to get into the beta test. Um, and I'll go into more details about that once we get closer to it. But um, that is it. So we're going to go ahead and uh, hop into the topic. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the topic, you guys. Uh, we're we're going to talk about something this week, and I kept my two asshole, uh, and, and I mean this endearingly, my two asshole uh, co-hosts on the show in the dark on this one, just like they did to me last week. I want you motherfuckers to defend console gaming. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Good defend luck, it. DJ. I never owned a console. Let's go. Let's go, okay. let's go. It's all you. It's all you. Okay. Uh, let's start off with the, with the first part of it. It's easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely right. Now you can make an argument for modern consoles. PS5, Xbox Series X. They take freaking forever to set up because of updates. I will give that point. But if you have anything before the internet age, it is plug, play, go. Simple. Easy, your grandparents can do it, and I can prove it because my parents had, and my grandparents had set up a Sega Genesis all on their own in their upstairs area that they no longer have. Mm. Two, games are physical. Again, modern gaming keeps trying to ruin this, but a lot of those games still exist, can still be a run. 
Hop in almost any PS2 game, an NES cartridge, an SNES cartridge, lots of cartridges, lots of discs from PlayStation and Dreamcast. They still play. You don't have to worry about a server being shut down. You don't have to worry about the online functionality going away, and then you can no longer open it again. Hmm. Hmm, Gingy. Hmm. Uh, I think that argument is made for not a specific console. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, as Ubisoft has proved, they can do that on they can do that on PC too. Yeah. <laughs> My article comes in handy. But wait, isn't it not just PCs? Wasn't it also like for consoles? It's just multiplayer aspects. Yeah, they pulled that for everything. Yeah, your argument's no. Um, Not really, because you can still... Like I said, if you have the ones before the internet age. Uh, well, here's uh, my counter-argument for you, DJ. Uh, when we pestered Jinji uh, previously about mobile gaming, we never talked about like old-age mobile games, like the ones that you had on the uh, cellular phones that still had a keyboard on them. Uh, you know, the indestructible Nokia or this, the smartphones that still had a keyboard on them, like the Blackberry and others. They were like plenty of decent games that weren't like power hungry people mm -hmm. uh, trying to take the shit together. And back then, mobile gaming about those, I mean, even I did that. Like, I always had like my state. Define decent. But we never put that argument to, to towards Jindy because we're talking about modern uh, mobile games, not like uh, the old age ones. Uh, so I would say, like, if, if we talk about like old age console gaming, yeah, it was plugged in. You'd have to tell me what old age mobile games you're referring to because the only ones I can think of are Block Break and Poker. Block and to Blake, interject, Broker, uh, Snake, Tunneler, uh, Minesweeper. You mean a bunch of old games that were just put on a mobile phone so people would shut up? And to, oh. to interject uh, real quick, Cypher in the chat says, Sorry, but one comment for me. When you set up a console and play a game on it, you're guaranteed to be able to play. Whereas, I, as I experienced lately, or as I've experienced lately, games on PC can mess up and not play. Still salty on having to refund three separate games. Ouch. Thank you, Cypher. What what games did you have to refund out of curiosity, Cypher? Anyway, please continue with your conversation. Yeah, I think Cy I think I know what Cypher's uh, talking about because I think it was a game that we were both playing. Uh, but no, yeah, PC gaming can be a problem, but we're not talking specifically about PC gaming here. Um, DJ, do you have more to your arguments? If we go, if we go specifically for, I'm going to talk specifically about classic and then modern. For classic right. consoles, a lot of them are still around. They're pretty easily, pretty easy to get. Yes, eBay ones are a bit more expensive now. They're a bit, they're reaching a bit closer to what they used to be. But we did just come out of a worldwide issue where video games were heavily sought after. So a lot of them. A little bit more pricey, and we are in a recession, so. But they do; they are out there. They're easy enough to find, easy enough to get. There's also a huge modding scene for a lot of these older consoles. Yeah. So if you're are. able to find the right people, these things can be adjusted just right. I've seen plenty of N64s that have HDMI adapters put into them. There's constant 
uh, fan outpouring for games. You see plenty of cartridges that have been retro, that have been uh, redesigned and allowed to play again. And really, at least for consoles, you really don't have to worry about whether or not they're, they're the original or not. Because, I mean, what? why does it matter if it's the original or not if you're not a collector? If you're a collector, yes, it's an issue. But if you're not a collector and just want to have the games be able to play, the re the reproduction ones are just as fine. Now, with modern games, there are some issues. That is heavily to admit, because a lot of modern gaming has to deal with patches, has to deal with online updates, has to have some, some issues. But that's not exclusive to the console games, especially on... With Steam, you have those issues, too. You have to update your games regularly. Uh, uh, Steam is a little different because you do have the games are running off your own internet instead of having to rely on the consoles, as PlayStation is infamous for lowering their own download speeds for some stupid reason. But it is still a similar situation where you do need online access to play a lot of games. However... The difference is, at least in theory for most games, I'm not sure how correct this is because I have not had the chance to test it out, the games should still be able to play without the updates as long as you have the disc. In theory, they should still be playable. How much of it is playable is up to the imagination because developers, well... Not necessarily developers, more the people that are employing them and making them have these features. Physical is a hard art these days. That it is. Um, and super quick, uh, DJ, I looked. Uh, Wildlands, unfortunately, is not on Game Pass. I can probably find a physical copy cheap. Uh, let's see. Also, um, remind me, uh, DJ in the bullshit segment to talk about, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card. Cause I found one that can potentially answer to all your broken ass bullshit blue eyes dragons. I play a kaiju. Oh, I already tried to shut you down. <laughs> Look at this motherfucker. Uh, looks like, as far as uh, Ghost Recon goes, uh, Wildlands for console, uh, $8. Yep. Yu-Gi-Oh! Assault detected. <laughs> hey, those are, those are my answers so far to console gaming. Alright. What uh, you mean? You're, okay. you're not wrong. Man, but also in a sense, and especially nowadays, and here's my counter argument to console gaming. You know, ever since I got this new new Xbox, I've uh, bought a super uh, cheap ass copy of Black Ops Three, as as far as the request from my brother goes, so we can play that. But it has been co consistently stuck. At like 55, anywhere between 55 to 64 percent, as far as downloading the update and installing the game itself, 
and I have stopped the download. I've hard reset my Xbox. I've and I've also double checked. I have plenty of space. Space is not an issue here, and I don't know what the fuck is going on. And as a result, I haven't been able to play Black Ops Three because of this shit. Quick question: uh, do, uh, Is the topic at hand uh, defending console gaming as a, just from its own perspective? Or defending console gaming uh, as opposed to something else like PC gaming or mobile gaming? Just defending console gaming as a whole. So if you have an argument to defend consoles versus PC, then by all means, go for it. All right. Uh, well, uh, for example, like, okay. So console gaming, as far as I have had one, because uh, I usually just use the ones that my parents would have, uh, well, like DJ said, they were easy, like uh, plug and play and all that stuff. Uh, but it's also uh, cheaper, like as opposed to like PC gaming, uh, and but not quite like mobile gaming. Uh, consoles are just generally cheaper as a cheaper investment to try to uh, play video games on consoles than it is to play video games on a PC or, on play, or play on a PC, and that's. Uh, to a degree, mobile gaming too, depending on what kind of game, how much of a psycho you are with your money. Um, because with console gaming, it's just you buy the game and that's it. Like, like wait, you just buy the console and then you have like 10 years worth of new games that you can play on that console without ever having to worry about updating your system uh, or anything else. You can Maybe you have to worry about updating your, uh, your games. But you don't have to pay extra for that stuff, right? It's just like a time thing. It's a time constraint. You have to take 10 hours to download the new updates or shit. Uh, but, like, it's not like, oh, hey, you need to buy a new graphics card. And that is, like, $40,000 or some shit like that. Something crazy. So I would argue, like, being a console gamer is probably the cheapest kind of gamer that you can have, that you can be out there. Even even considering how uh, expensive consoles can be right now, especially like when they first come and release, they are still cheaper than getting a high-end computer to handle your to handle your games uh, for this generation. Because you might be off by like one a few RAM or a bit of something else. So that's that's my take on defending console gaming. It is cheaper. It is cheaper uh, for overall. Sure, it's not as cheap as you know playing some shitty ass mobile game that doesn't hey. like. That doesn't that well no. I'm talking about the shitty ones that like uh, for example require you to pay for energy so that way you can still play the game and then even that after that there's like other microtransactions like those like bullshit games those might be more expensive in the long run but um, uh, but but there's like other like simple ones that you don't have to pay that much like you're like okay uh, you can have fun and not have to spend all your wallets and have fun so yeah. <clears throat> That, that is my defense. That's my defensive console game. It's just like it's one of the cheapest and most reliable ways to play video games. It is, of course, hard to set up, and you have like a, you need a dedicated place for it, unless it's like a Switch or something. But it's uh, it's 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 good for the more economic and less uh, technologically able person. Yeah, that and I guess to defend the point as well as. Relatively low barrier to entry. Did you buy the console and you're you're good to go? You're set to to start to play the games. Hmm. 
versus PC where, you know, you need to buy the buy a computer, make sure its individual parts are powerful enough to run everything, and that stuff adds up. Yeah, it does. Um, if you want a better controller, in the sense is what take a better keyboard or a better mouse mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Everything has a price, and you have to set that up. Right, and even or, even in, in, in mobile gaming as well, to play the really good games that are out there, you need a powerful phone, and phones aren't getting cheaper. Arguably, they are getting more expensive. Now, granted, you can do payments with your cell phone carrier and what have you to make it manageable. But if you look at total cost, I think, like, what, an iPhone is like $1,300 or some shit like that? Holy fuck. Something like that. Wait, no, let me, let me, let me look up just for conversation's sake, because I have a Galaxy S21. When I do, it's a good phone. Is it the Ultra 5G? Uh, no, no, no. I have the S10. Okay, Google. That's that's a typo. I I type in Galaxy S21 Ultra 5G price, and it says seventy-four thousand two hundred thirty-nine dollars. <laughs> That's what? not right. That, that that can't be right. What the fuck? It looks like if you want to buy it just completely un you know unlocked or whatever, it is twelve hundred dollars right now. It's the cheapest one that I found. Christ. So as far as like total cost goes, I will unfortunately have to tip it to console gaming. Because yeah. you, you you pay three four five hundred dollars once for the console and you're good to go. But uh, do we have any other any other points for this topic, or do you guys want to hop into the bullshit? Uh, I think I, I think there's not much else that we can say about constant gaming. Uh, Just shows it's much easier to defend than mobile. It's a lot. It's more easier to defend, <sighs> but like. Uh, I would say, I would argue that maybe like PC gaming has more arguments. I'm not saying it's better or worse, it just has far more arguments uh, that you can make about it because it's much more complex. That's all I, that's all I would say. Console gaming is simple, it is not exactly cheap, but it's not super expensive, and, uh, and, it's, um, and it's good. It, it, it works. It does, what, it does its job, and it does it well. All right, well, uh, let us know what your takes are, guys. And I guess with that being said, we'll go ahead and uh, hop into the uh, the bullshit here. Let me uh, play that lovable, lovable sound bit here. What's up, guys? Do you enjoy podcasts like us? Have you ever yes. wanted to start one of your own? Are you scared yes. to start one? Well, to be honest, yes. we were scared in the very beginning before we started Pixels, but luckily we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is one of the easiest ways to start a podcast. They're a dedicated team driven to help your podcast succeed. Their website is very simple to use. It gives you stats on your show. It's amazing. They put your podcast on all the different podcast players, including Podcast, Apple Podcast, and more. Exactly. And we love Buzzsprout so much, we recently became a affiliate. 
start your own podcast using our special link, which will be in the show description. Today, and after upgrading to any service plan, you will be able to receive a $20 Amazon gift card. Join us, Pixels, and over 100,000 other users using Buzzsprout today. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to podcast. And now, we will return you to your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, all right, welcome back to the bullshit. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, I know your response then, DJ, was kaiju. And kaiju obviously is the an- almost the answer to everything, unless if you have cards that restrict, your, that restrict tributing. That would be literally the counter to kaijus. But this, this specific card, and I will be buying a single of it because it's it's eight dollars. It's not bad, and especially um, it's part of an archetype that I want to build a deck over. But it's it's a straight up answer to some of your uh, bullshit blue eyes cards. It's called Alba Lenatus the Abyss Dragon. It is a one two three four eight star dragon, twenty five hundred attack, twenty five hundred defense. Uh, it's a fusion. Its uh, materials is one Fallen of Albaz plus one or more dragon monsters. And its effect is as follows. Cannot be used as fusion material. Must either be fusion summoned or special summoned by sending the above cards from any monster zone to the graveyard. This card can attack monsters a number of times each battle phase up to the number of materials used for it. Once per turn during the end phase, if this card is sent to the graveyard because it was sent there this turn, you can add one polymerization normal spell or one fusion normal spell from your deck to your hand. And the reason why I say that that this is a counter to some of your um, blue eyes cards, the ones that can't be, you know, like targeted or destroyed with card effects, you know, the ones that have protection. I can use your monsters as fusion material for this card. And I, and, but when I saw this, I immediately, you know, looked up the rulings because I didn't think it'd be that easy. But, but sure enough, and the, the caveat is, is that the monsters used have to be dragon. I can't just, uh, for example, I can't use your fucking uh, dust bunnies as fusion material. <laughs> can't do it. Wouldn't be able to do it unless if I have one of those omni fucking fusion material fusion monsters. But specifically with this card, and I've kind of noticed that with the Albaz engine that I ca- that you can use opponent's monsters. But specifically with this card, you know, I am allowed to use your dragon, dragons as material, and especially since it's one plus. Just, just for example, like hypothetical, we're in a duel. You have Blue Eyes Ultimate out. You have Neo Ultimate. You have fucking Abyss Dragon. You have fucking five-headed dragon, five-god dragon, whatever you want to call it, and. Fuck, let's just say regular blue eyes. If you have your entire board stacked, I didn't see any restrictions in the ruling for this thing. I would be able to nab all five of those monsters. True. All I'd have to do, though, is play, not play blue eyes against you. I'd have to play, I'd play my cyber dragons. True. Because those are machines. Unless, uh, or well, the, the cyber Some are coins. dragons. 
Yeah, the Cyberdarks are dragons, aren't they? Some of them are. Some of them will get fucked. However, I can always get out Cyber, Cyber uh, Chimera Tech Fortress Dragon. That's true. Chimera Tech Fortress Dragon, you can turn around and use my monsters as material. If they're machines, which is pretty easy to make with DNA surgery. Right. So I'm gonna. Plus, it also has the effect of it can't be used as fusion material. That would be another. So, if you get that out before I can bust out this dragon, yeah, I wouldn't be able to use it. Strangely enough, though, it says it's a dragon, but it's a machine type. Yeah, that kind of stuff never really makes sense to me. But yeah, that was that was what I wanted to bring up, and I, I I'm going to buy this card. I'm going to buy a couple of other ones, because I did buy three of the all-bad strikes uh, structure deck. Although, even though you can use my monsters, this thing is a glass cannon. It is. It doesn't really have any protection on it. So even once I get rid of all your monsters just to bring it out, you can fucking mirror force it. You can, you can do whatever. I can let... silvers cry it. Right. Just Silver's Cry bring back one of the blue eyes you sent to the grave, and it can't get over it. Yeah, exactly. Like it, this it only has twenty five hundred. Right, and I'm not like I knew it wasn't like oh my god, this is like the top tier card to go to that nobody can get over. No, this thing has its weaknesses for fucking sure. But I, I'm excited to build an all bad deck. I mean, it's just just the idea of it is super fucking cool. You know, use your opponent's monsters and one of the other boss boss monsters is called Mirror Jade, the Ice Blade Dragon. Interesting. Uh, yeah, um, it's you know obviously fallen of all bads because the with that whole archetype, it re revolves around that one monster. And it's, it's fucking cool. I like it. Um, and then for those of you, because I know we have Yu-Gi-Oh! people who watch the show. Excuse me. What Fallen of All Baz does, it's a level 4 dragon monster, 1800 attack, 0 defense. If this card is normal or special summoned, except during the damage step, you can discard one card. Fusion summon one monster from your extra deck using monsters on either field as fusion material, including this card, but you cannot use other monsters you control as fusion material. So just with Fallen of All Baz, I can use enemy you know, opponents, monsters for fusions, especially Mirror Jade, because, um, you know, one of the materials has fallen of all baths, and then plus one fusion, synchro, exceed, or link monster. And then there's another fucking fusion boss monster. Uh, it's called Albion the Branded Dragon, and it's fallen of all baths plus one light monster. Like typically, the second material with these fusions I've noticed are just potentially generic cards. Or then there's uh, Lubelion, the Searing Dragon, which is Fallen of All Baths plus one Dark Monster. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited to build this deck both in real life and in uh, Master Duel. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm excited. 
excited to pilot. Cause, I mean, don't get me wrong. My favorite deck that I have is my Skull Servants. And while they are a pain, they're a pain in the ass to deal with. Because, you know, once I get that, that, that graveyard stacked, and if the opponent is not able to stop these attacks, I will literally one-shot kill you. Yep. And that deck, is, it's super simple to pilot. It's not difficult. You get the cards to the grave, summon king, and you're fucking good to go. Uh, I've wanted to build meta-relevant decks. I mean, granted, yes, you know, I have my my Red Eyes build that has Dragoon. As soon as I get Dragoon out, I'm good to go. And then I have my Gladiator Beast, and while that's one of my favorite archetypes, it's not competitively viable anymore. It, it, it simply isn't. And then I have my fucking Harpies, and those are decent, but not the best. I want to pilot new stuff, you know? Not continuously deal with the same thing. But yeah, that's that's the Yu-Gi-Oh bullshit for the week. I am so lost, so much. <laughs> Download that sounds about right. Do it, Dom. Download Master Duel. Do it. Country, not in my country, my dude. Wait, it's not in your country at all. No, that's why. Like we already had this conversation. You fuck. Can't you just find the installation file and do it that way? If I could, if I don't want to use any of the online capabilities, which I'm pretty sure is what makes the game itself. Because, you know, they have to check where you're from, right? So they can connect you. I don't know, man. I'll, I'll, I'll Besides, I'm not like... A, I, look, last time I touched Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I'm sorry, was when I was like 10 years old, 8 years old. Oh, and yeah, then that's going to be yeah. kind of hard to get back into it at that point. Yeah, it's nothing against you guys, it's just that it's been so long for me to even like, mm, I don't know, man. But, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get more into it. Who knows? All I know is that uh, right now it's a bit of a hassle for me to get it going, and I don't have that much of a passion for it. Oh, it's all good, dude. Um, and I'm looking at one of the, the fusion cards for all baths, and I know I mentioned Lubellion, but I didn't read its effect, and holy shit. One Dark Monster plus one Fallen of All Baths. If this card is Fusion Summoned, you can discard one card. Fusion Summon one level later, lower Fusion Monster from your extra deck, except Lubellion the Searing Dragon, by shuffling Fusion Materials mentioned on that card into the deck from your monsters on the field, graveyard, and or face, to, face up banished cards. For the rest of this turn, this, car this card cannot attack. Also, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck except Fusion Monsters. Damn. I can I can I can see combos. I can see combos with that for sure. Anyway, uh DJ, do you have any uh any bullshit? Really? I think that's it. 
Well, cool. All right. Where can uh, where can people find you? You can find me on twitch.tv slash djskywalker716, where we stream Tuesday through Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central. Cool. Uh, Dom, where can people find you? In your house. I just get Wait, Hello, what? Uh, <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at the Models Gaming Channel or Twitter or at Sadixmen. Uh, or Twitch, uh, Sadix Men as well, but you won't see me there because I do nothing because I'm a very busy bot. I apologize. How dare you? Hmm. I have a job now, and it pays the bills. It pays the bills far more than you could imagine. Yeah, uh. Fair enough. All right, well, you can find me. Ouch. I just got rising KO'd. That sucked. Anyway, yes, I'm, I'm playing Legends. Um,. You can find me on my personal Twitter at RangyGinji. You can follow the show at PPAF Podcast for any questions, comments, concerns, or topic suggestions. You know, all of our communication channels are down below. Um, I think that's it. So uh, this has been episode 190 or APOM of Pixels. I've been your, been your host, Gingy. Right. I've been the mother. It's been a pleasure for me to be here. Now go horse. I've been the fake horse that's in your nightmares. Mm-hmm. He's your fucking All right, you guys. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Uh, we should be back next week as normal for episode 191, which is Sunkern. Hooray! One of my least wow. favorite Pokemon, but you know it's all right. Sorry. Right. Why? Uh, it's just I don't I don't like it. Just not a fan of it. It's a living sunflower seed. That's all it is. All right. Well. So yeah, and we're getting closer to 200. You guys, so stay tuned. I'll make sure to plan something special for it. He has no plan right now. He's completely spitballing right now. One, two. So, so we're at one, 190. I'm going to do some some quick math. Uh, 192, So September 7th is potentially going to be episode 200 of Pixels. I will have something planned for then. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for watching. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Bye.